It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as it's snowing. Here outside the home studio. Yes, it is snowing on the mean streets of Summerlin. Got some flurries out here. Real windy here in the valley. Roads are tough. Be careful out there. Flying objects. When we get wind, when we get wind here in Vegas, it's interesting. So wherever you are in deep Henderson, up by me, anywhere else in the valley, be safe on the roads as we're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. A big show lined up today. Mike Florio. From Pro Football Talk, the big guy. He's going to join us at one thirty on Derek Carr. And by that time, Derek Carr should formally uh, be done with the Raiders formally as the Raiders are moving on from the quarterback of the Silver and Black for the last nine years. We're going to have a conversation with a former GM, Rick Spielman. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour and a pretty big fluid show as this is a big day today. It's an important day in Raider history as the Raiders are moving on from Derek Carr as the quarterback of the Silver and Black. I've been talking about this a long time. We've had a lot of guests on this show. I interview the head coach every week. What I know, I try to tell you on the radio when I know it. This will happen at some point in the show coming up here pretty soon. When it happens, you can act accordingly. I'm not here. My job is not to tell you what to think. My job is to give you my opinion and stay strong with my opinions. And I've never been accused of not having strong opinions. Some people accuse me of not destroying people and not, you know, some people want me to lose my job every day and say something reckless and stupid for the radio station or the team I work for. I have nothing negative or sharp or dumb or idiotic to say about Derek Carr. I've known Derek Carr. I might have been the first guy ever to interview him, and I know I was the last guy to ever interview him for sure on television there. And for Derek Carr, he's going to move on, get an opportunity to play his career for another team, maybe multiple teams, whatever happens. We have plenty of time to talk about Derek Carr and Derek Carr and what's going to happen next. But it is a national news story. It is the biggest news story as this contract comes to an end. There's a lot of ways to look at the contract. I know that the Raiders were ready to move on from him. They were able to evaluate him this year. It did not work out great. I don't think it worked out well with six wins, and they're making a change after nine years at the quarterback position. Derek had a long run with the Raiders. Mark Davis paid him a lot of money. He deserved to have the respect of the Raider Nation. You know me. I love to I love to say once a Raider, always a Raider for those who played. And that's what I say on the way out. Once a Raider, always a Raider. You can wish him well. I, I think that people should take the high road in life in general. I always take the high road in life, if you know me, when players come. I never played the game. I'm not a pro football player. When a business transaction goes down and a player is no longer with the franchise, you say, okay, that chapter is ended. Now we move on to the next chapter. And that will be our entire offseason here on Raider Nation Radio. It will be the draft and what Dave Ziggler is going to do with the quarterback position. They're either going to get an elite high draft pick or they're going to go with a bridge quarterback or they're going to get one of these free agents. 
I'm very concerned about that topic for me to put the radio show together every day and maximize your listenership. That's where I stand on all this. And are there players that I know better than others? You know, I'm really tight, as you know, with all the alumni. Uh, Part of my role within the organization is to deal with the alumni. I'm very proud of that. It's a dream of mine. From Ken Stabler and Cliff Branch, who became good friends when they were alive, to Fred Bolitnikoff, who's like a second dad to me. Phil Villapiano, you hear them all on the show. Bill Romanowski, who came to the Raiders for just a short period of time. Building those type of relationships. I built a relationship with Derek that I thought was very respectful. I thought I handled his career fairly, pre- and post-game host for all these years, hosting the Derek Carr show when he had his best season, and now talking about Derek Carr as he's outside, soon to be outside the organization, moving on to the next chapter in his life. That's really all I have to say on this. I am focused on the future. I've always been focused on Mark Davis's future trying to win and trying to win, and if it's a bumpy road, we run a radio show, and we try to talk about this, and we try to find the best players that can help the team in the offseason. Then they set their 53-man roster, and it's go time. And they got to get the right coaches in place, the right draft in place, the right GM in place. There's been a lot of turnover in this organization over the last 20 years, and they're trying to get it right. But let it be known to everyone that the Raiders formally gave Derek Carr a great opportunity within this organization to win. There were a lot of mistakes made along the way with personnel from a whole bunch of GMs and coaches. They couldn't figure it out and fit it perfectly into place. They couldn't do it. And that's one of the reasons why Derek is gone. He lost more games than he won. He never won a playoff game and took the team to the playoffs twice. That is not good enough. Derek's got to be aware of this. And that's okay. It's a business. Derek might get an opportunity to play somewhere else where it's a great fit for him and his family, and they have an opportunity to win right out of the gate. And we'll, we'll talk about that. I'll talk about it on my national show. But on this show, is there closure today? No, I wouldn't look at it that way. To me, it's not full-on closure for me, but it's full-on closure for the organization. They are moving on from Derek Carr because it wasn't good enough. And it's not good enough in a lot of other positions, but Derek Carr was not going to be a $40 million quarterback for this organization, period. He was not going to be paid at an elite level because he is not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's above average quarterback. He's got a few pro bowls, and he's done some electrifying things in the number four jersey for the Raiders. But it wasn't good enough now in this era of football to win at a high level. And that's why this new regime was brought in to win at a high level. And it's off to a bumpy start with the record, but they feel in the building that they have the minds in place, the analysis in place to go out and fix that quarterback position to get it to a position where they can win more games. That's it. That's what this is all about. Derek Carr was not entitled to play for the Raiders at quarterback for 15 years and never win a playoff game. He knows and I know that. You know that. That's not negative to the point where we hate people and we rip them and wish them terrible things. You have to win in this organization from ownership to the GM to the head coach to the quarterback to the edge rusher to the equipment room and the people that drive the bus to take the players to the game. There is a commitment to excellence and there is the ability to try to win. Not a lot of teams win. One team wins every year. Everybody else is a runner-up. And the Raiders are trying to get this organization to a level that they haven't been at in quite some time. 
They went with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, and they're in charge to fix it. They evaluated Derek. They gave Derek a contract extension. The day that extension started, we had Vinny Monsignor on the show and another insider that said this is basically a one-year prove-it deal. It's a one-year prove-it deal, and at the end of the deal, everybody kind of clears their hands and say it didn't work, and they move on. That's exactly what happened. It's a business, and the business of quarterback is the most important aspect of the business of NFL football. You either have a quarterback that is winning and winning a lot, or you have a quarterback that you're developing, but you don't have a quarterback in no man's land who you know and you've evaluated and say, we're going to do it again. And that's what I think happened here. The Raiders looked at the deal. Uh, They would have liked to have gotten something for Derek Carr. Look, if you're critical of the fact that the Raiders didn't get a third or fourth round pick for this, I'm good with that. You know, you're Raider Nation. You, you have the right to be critical of anything you want. But I think the Raiders were ready for him to walk either way. He got an extension. He wanted control of a no-trade clause. He was able to get that. Once that no-trade clause was put in, I think the Raiders were aware of the downside of not getting anything in return, and they were fine with it. They really were. They were ready to move on without Derek Carr at the end of the year. And that's where we're at today as this will be official breaking news, and we'll move on from this topic, and we'll go in that direction. It is an emotional topic for some people, and I understand why. You're great fans, the most notorious fans in the NFL. You want to win? You like Derek? Some don't like Derek. I'm just amazed because when Derek came into this league, I don't think there was Twitter, or it might have just started, and Facebook was here, but it's just a shame that people have to make it so personal. It's just a shame that people have to make it personal about any player, any player that doesn't work out as they go out the door. It's a business. Treat it like a business. But in real life, you get attached to certain players. There are certain players you get attached to. And normally it's the quarterback, and he becomes a very polarizing player if he doesn't win. And Derek, I think, went out there and tried to win every game. Ultra competitive in the building as a teammate to his teammates, his strong faith, as I mentioned, and what he means to the community and his wife and kids. And again, a salute to say that chapter's over. That chapter's over, and I'm just a portal for people to come in here and express their opinions on this. But it's on to the next quarterback for the Raiders, which is kind of complex. As we've been talking about here, where do the Raiders go? Where do the Raiders go? Tom Brady's out. Aaron Rodgers is on this darkness retreat where he's going to be dark. I really believe that's a really interesting story. He's in the dark, like with the lights off, with no social media, no phone, no texting, all of that by himself. I don't know who's cooking his food or what he's doing there. I can't wait to hear more about this. But when he comes out of that, I think that Aaron Rodgers is a guy that the Raiders are seriously looking at, and he's a player that could help. He's one of the elite quarterbacks ever to play in this game. And then we could slot the other quarterbacks who were available. You know, the bridge quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, really super expensive to go get him if he's franchise tagged and what you'd have to give up. And then I think the elephant in the room is Devontae. I think Devontae Adams is the best player on this team. He and Max Crosby are the two best players on this team. And Devontae came here with Derek. And now we got to figure out what Devontae wants to do because he's the most important offensive asset in this league other than quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. He's a guy that you got to feed, make happy, and I hope that he's happy with the upcoming decision. So this will be the end of Derek Carr's tenure with the Raiders, 
and it will happen during my show today, most likely. And I want to hear from you on that and how you want to get closure on this and what you think about the process going forward. That's the best I got. That's it. I, I cleaned out everything else. Bobby's been telling me we're clearing out this, we're clearing out that. That's what we're doing. You got to figure out what to do here. These are big topics. This is a national topic. That's why we got Mike Florio joining us in about an hour and 15 minutes. And we'll go from there and we'll get, we'll get news on what's going to happen next and who the next quarterback's going to be. And I believe that'll make for some entertaining radio. I think it'll make for unique and entertaining radio as we all try to come together and figure out what's the best move for the Raiders going forward. This was Ian Rappaport yesterday, assuming what was going to happen today. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. Right before the Super Bowl, sources said Derek Carr informed the Raiders that he would not accept a trade to the New Orleans Saints, and the two teams had essentially worked out the framework of a deal. Could have been done had Derek Carr given his okay, but he wasn't going to accept a trade anywhere. His fully guaranteed money, $40 million, becomes guaranteed tomorrow at 4 p.m., Because he is not going to accept a trade, I'm told the Raiders are going to release him tomorrow. He will no longer be the Raiders quarterback. They will simply move on, get out from under the money, and plot their new path forward with a new quarterback. And then Derek Carr will instantly become the top free agent available. Unlike most free agents who have to wait until mid-March, he could sign now among the teams expected to be interested. Still the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, the Titans, and some others. All right, so that's Ian Rappaport yesterday, and he means today, in regards to 4 o'clock Eastern and what's going to happen here within this next hour. And we're waiting for that official news here, and it'll be breaking news nationally in the NFL, and we'll go from here. Uh, The Raiders were not going to pay him this type of money going forward. They just weren't going to do it. I agree with that. I do not think that Derek is a $40 million quarterback, but the market has improved to where some quarterbacks, the report today is Justin Herbert, is going to get a $295 million extension, potentially, and that'll take him close to $50 million a year. Aaron Rodgers could be coming to the Raiders. He's a $50 million a year guy. Patrick Mahomes is worth more than $50 million, but his cap hit is less. He takes a little bit of less money, and we know what Tom Brady has done in the past. Again, I don't know what the motivation for Derek Carr is and where he wants to play. I think he wants to win. There was never a time where Derek Carr went to the podium here, before, dur- after a game, whatever it was on the radio, and I didn't believe he was sincere enough and wanted to win. I thought he wanted to win, just like everybody who puts on that famed uniform of the silver and black. But no one is entitled to play their whole career at above market value and continue to play at that level or a, a level that is not elite and just think they're going to get contract extension after contract extension. Okay, Ken Stabler was moved. Ken Stabler played for the Oilers and the Saints. The Snake's one of the greatest of all time. Other quarterbacks have moved on from the Raiders and from other teams, and they weren't entitled at the end of their career to say, hey, man, I just deserve another three or four years. You know, it doesn't work that way. And Derek Carr put himself in a position to win. Some of the losses, he played poorly. Some of the other losses, I don't think it was on him as much as it was on the defense being subpar or the offensive line. But they got to use this money, and they got to get better players. And it's going to be complicated because getting the other players, getting other players, including better players than Derek Carr, are going to cost more than the money they just cleared up. They had to get out of this Derek Carr contract. You know this. I just told you this. You understand it. I have to tell you this. They could no longer go under the framework of Derek Carr making this much money. 
for the results that he has given this franchise. Not the effort, not the passion and all that. It's a business. So whoever they bring in or whoever they keep like Jared Stidham, the evaluation of that money is very important at the quarterback position, obviously, but to use the money under the cap from releasing Derek for Derek, who basically got a $5 million raise last year. You could debate it. Did his agent do a bad job? Did his agent do a, a good job? We had a new head coach and GM. They decided to give Derek one more look. They evaluated the look, and they thought, okay, good guy, good guy. We're not going to go down this road. What's wrong with that? It's passionate. It's emotional. That's what they decided to make the team better. And they will, the GM and head coach, be evaluated on the team getting better or not. And it's a complicated issue because there's a lot of good players on this team who are not here to wait three or four years for a developing quarterback to get good unless he is great right out of the gate. Kansas City wasn't knocking down Super Bowls. Kansas City wasn't ultra competitive. They had Alex Smith. Where would you rank Alex Smith compared to Derek Carr? Very similar. Both very good quarterbacks. They got Mahomes, and then they moved on from Alex Smith. That was the right, <clears throat> excuse me, right thing to do at the time. And then look at what happens there. They're on the verge of a dynasty with one more win. So they moved off Alex Smith because they got fortunate with Mahomes. Other teams, Josh Allen. Buffalo moved on from their quarterbacks because they got Josh Allen. The Raiders need to find Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. They can do it via the draft with the seven pick and moving up, or they can go balls out and go after one of the greatest of all time in Aaron Rodgers or win a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo. I swear, I tell you the truth every time. I don't know where they're going, but it makes for compelling radio. So let's start off with Chris in West Oakland on this day where we're going to move on from the Derek Carr chapter at some point in this hour. Chris, start us off as usual. Go ahead. Hi, JT. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Alex Smith. There was a lot of similarities, especially with what Alex Smith went through in San Francisco. The one thing that's not similar, though, people forget, Alex Smith won the division every year in Kansas City. They'd win 12 or 13 games every year. They were already a really, really good football team. Alex Smith just couldn't beat the Ben Roethlisberger's, Peyton Manning's, or uh, Tom Brady's of the world. Well, now, they, now they've got Patrick Mahomes, and they've just taken a completely another step. So I don't think it's quite the same ballpark. The Raiders are so far away from competing on that level right now. It's not just the quarterback. And again, Jimmy G's, Jimmy G's a nice placeholder. Jimmy G is a limited quarterback that's never, ever stepped on a field, JT, without at least a defense ranked number four or better. Most of his 49er defenses are one or two. I don't believe Jimmy G is an upgrade, especially with the amount of points the Raiders are going to need to score next year. To me, the only upgrade that's out there right now, if it's even out there, is Aaron Rodgers. If you don't get Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe the Raiders have a better quarterback option than what they've had in Derek Carr. But that's a cop topic for another road. Let me talk about Derek Carr a little bit down the road. I've always been a big supporter of Derek Carr, and it's driving me nuts when I see the people now that are uh, just how bitter people are. They're they're attacking his character, his leadership. You can never question Derek Carr's loyalty, commitment, character, or leadership with the Raiders the last nine years. Yes, things didn't always work out great in the playoffs. Everybody said he made the playoffs two times in nine years. Well, the previous 11 years before Derek Carr, they made the playoffs zero times. I've always said that Derek Carr, um, you know, I thought the franchise failed him more than he failed the franchise. 
They've never, ever given him even remotely close to a defense ranked good enough. The only year his defense ranked as high as number 20, everything else was 27 below. 2016, he had a 20th-ranked defense. They finished 12-4 and in a, in a season he got hurt in the final game. So, to me, today, JT, it's not so much what's happened, what's happened on the field. I've always said he's not. Patrick Mahomes, he's not Tom Brady, but I believe he's much better than the average NFL quarterback that the Raiders never put around in what he needed to succeed. But as a man, a teammate, a leader of this organization, I do believe we owe this guy a debt of gratitude. Maybe it didn't work out the way it should on the field. I've never heard a person say a bad thing about Derek Carr. I've never heard anything off the field. Nothing but a great friend, great teammate, great husband, great father. And again, it's time. All divorces, come, you know, JT, things don't always end. If they didn't end badly, they wouldn't end at all. But it's time to move on after nine years. I definitely understand, understand both sides of it. But please, I don't want to hear people come on here all day and badmouth and talk down about Derek Carr, especially because he's forcing the Raider hand. He's doing what's best for Derek Carr right now. Every single listener and every single person will pick up this phone call is lying to themselves if they said they'd help the Raiders going out the door. So let me just conclude with this, JT. I'm a diehard Raider fan, and if Carr comes in with another team, I'm going to pray that they kick the crap out of him. But I'll always be a Derek Carr fan. I will root for him wherever he goes. I'd like to say thank you for being a great Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And who knows, if you're not retired by 10, 15 years from now, maybe he'll come back on one of those segments to you. So thank you for everything you gave this organization, Derek Carr. It might not have worked out the way we wanted to, but nobody can ever say it's because you didn't get 250% of everything you have to making the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders better. Thank you, my friend, for letting me rant about this. Good luck, D.C. I hope you win somewhere else. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, and his leadership and what he did in the community and his faith and, you know, as a teammate and all of that. Uh, I think that Derek, the organization, everybody can move on, can move on from this run and talk about a lot of good things with him, a lot of things about the team not winning. That will all be discussed for decades to come, not just in this next hour and 40 minutes. Okay, we, we have a whole bunch of time to talk about the legacy of Derek Carr and how he returns. And I'll tell you this about Mark Davis over the years. You saw Marcus Allen return to the organization, right? You saw a lot of people that were outside the organization come back into the organization. Uh, I am not sitting here today with any hate in my heart. I don't have any anywhere. And Chris is right. I don't think the people and the fans of the Raiders should have bad things to say. Just move on. It's going to be very easy for fans to move on, and it's going to be difficult for a group of fans to move on. This is a polarizing topic. Uh, Derek, again, when it comes to not being in the police blotter, not getting in trouble, uh, not being one of those guys that the Raiders had to deal with because he was just always in trouble and all of that, that's a big part of this job, being a leader and being a quarterback in the NFL. And there will be teams that are interested in him. I don't know what the price is going to be. But I think it's pretty safe to say that a lot of the GMs and owners around the league wanted to see Derek as a free agent. They didn't want to trade with the Raiders, nor did they want to agree to terms on the contract that was on the table and pick up that contract, even though it would have had to been reworked. I don't know what the market for the Raiders, is, I mean, for, the, for Derek Carr is going to be going forward, but I know that the Raiders don't believe in paying him what the market is. You got that? You should understand that. The Raiders were not going to pay him this type of money going forward. They did not believe 
in their structure going forward that, that they could commit that much money to a quarterback at this level. There's just too many quarterbacks that are a lot better than him. Uh, some are a little bit better than him, but there's a chunk of guys, the elite guys, who are clearly better, and they need to find those guys or develop the next young, great quarterback. Mike in Staten, Italy. Mikey, good to talk to you coming off the Super Bowl. Thanks for calling from New York. What do you got? Hey, JT. Uh, what What isn't going, I would love to see Derek Carr in my, with, the, uh, with the Jets. You want to talk about an upgrade, a great defense, uh, an improving offensive line. Uh, Derek Carr, again, I, I always go back to it. it his, he would be viewed a lot different if he didn't get that broken leg. Uh, I believe that was the year that we won this, would have won the Super Bowl with the Raiders. Also, JT, what I watched, what I took from the Super Bowl was, and Andy Reid and Abelano didn't get enough credit. They came out, made the adjustments in the game plan in the second half. I don't know, based off his first time as a head coach and now based off of his small sample size for the first year with the Raiders, I'm not, he has to show me that he can make those decisions in halftime. I know we're not going to rehash last season, but how many double-digit leads did we lose where we didn't make the, the other coach out-coached us? And again, I don't care if we get Brady, Aaron Rodgers in. We got to be able to make those adjustments in the second half. And if we don't get Rodgers for the Raiders, I think we stay in house. We go, we draft one of the rookies with the one of the high draft picks and give Stidham a shot. I think he showed enough of arm strength and vision to give him a shot. Give him twelve games and see what he has if we don't get one of the big quarterbacks. Uh, fair enough, Mikey. Thanks for checking in. And, and in regards to Kansas City, Raiders were up 17-0 on Kansas City. And a 17 nothing lead, even against Kansas City, with the players that the Raiders have, should have been good enough to win that game. You know, you're up 10 nothing. You're up 7 nothing. The Eagles were up double digits, 10 points. If you're up 17 points on any team in the NFL, regular season or playoffs, that should be good enough to win. And Philadelphia, look at what's happened in this game. The Cardinals go out and hire the Eagles defensive coordinator, uh, Jonathan Gannon. He's the new head coach. Why? Because that job's available. He, he couldn't wait to take that job considering how the Eagles defense uh, got worked in the second half against Kansas City. And then there is news from here right now because there's more coaching hires here today. And the Colts officially hire a new head coach. In uh, Shane Stitchum, who was a former UNLV quarterback. And I talked to some former UNLV players today who are friends of mine. Says he's a great guy. Uh, this is a good move overall. The Colts uh, say goodbye to Jeff Saturday. That experiment failed miserably. But Saturday is a great cult. He's in their ring of honor. He tried to help out the organization when they were in a tough spot. But there's a lot of jobs that are being knocked down today. We're waiting on the official breaking news from the Raiders that Derek Carr will move on. They will move on from him today, and we will act accordingly. We will wait for their official announcement. We get it. We'll tell you about it, and then we'll go from there. And if you want to talk about Derek Carr as the quarterback, former quarterback of the Raiders, future quarterback of another team, or what the Raiders need to do at the position, we'd love to hear from you. We're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. Man, if I was putting my bucket out there, I wouldn't have to put in some ice for my Modellos. It's snowing in Summerlin. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, it's probably why I'm going somewhere else. 
JT, back with you as we continue on. Jump on board if you'd like. Always a pleasure to talk to former GM and NFL executive Rick Spielman, kind enough to join us. And Rick, good to talk to you. I'll jump right in. First, your big picture from the Super Bowl. The comeback from Mahomes, the play of Jalen Hurts, and the fact that Andy Reid's got another Super Bowl title. That's number two. How'd you see it? Yeah, that's a lot to digest here in a short period of time. But uh, I thought the game was a great game. I thought Jalen Hurts, if anyone had any questions, and I had some questions on since the shoulder injury, he's not been as effective throwing the deep ball. Uh, he's had pedestrian numbers through the playoffs, uh, but they didn't play. They were far more superior than the opponents they played, especially the Giants and San Francisco was playing with their fourth quarterback. But he answered all those questions. I thought if they would have won, he would have definitely been the MVP of the game. Uh, and then you look over on the Kansas City side and what Mahomes did and with his ankle and for him to play the way he did in the second half and bring them from behind. Uh, it was an incredible game. You've seen a punt return. You've seen the great throw, a couple great throws from Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown. Uh, went back and forth, uh, you know, the whole game. You know, ended on the uh, kick or the walk-off field goal. So I don't. It, I I was thought it was one of the best Super Bowls I've watched. Rick Spielman joins us. Rick, the quarterback market continues to set higher as the cap goes up, and you look at Jalen Hurts. That's a second-round pick. No one, and I mean no one, and I saw him play at Oklahoma in the Alabama years. Would have thought this quickly that you could reset the price for him potentially to be one of those 40 to $50 million quarterbacks as he's still under contract control with Philadelphia. So as the market's going to reset for him going forward, what do you think it's going to look like for him in a world where Deshaun Watson's getting $240 million and maybe Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow will get close to $300 million or more? Well, it's not going to be at the $40 million mark, I can tell you that. I think it's going to be yeah. 50 plus because of you got Herbert, you got Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts is, you know, now you've got to mention up there with those guys for all the success that he had this year. Uh, it was a great pick by Howie Roseman in Philadelphia. One, the development of Jalen Hurst. Everybody knew he was a good athlete, but the question mark on him was, can he throw the ball accurately, especially down the field? I think he's checked all those boxes to say that, yeah, going forward, he is definitely our franchise quarterback that we'll continue to build around. Rick Spielman's our guest. Let me ask you the news today. The Raiders moving forward from Derek Carr, the way that contract, and you've done big contracts in your career with the no-trade clause, uh, looking to get nothing from him as he goes outside the door, and then the market resetting for Derek Carr. How do you think this has been handled overall? What do you think the market will be like for Carr going forward? Well, there's too many teams that need quarterbacks, and that's the that's what it is every year. So, you know, there's probably two I think with uh, that are going to go in the top five for sure uh, with uh, Young and with Stroud. We'll see where Levis and Richardson end up. But I wouldn't be surprised if those top four quarterbacks go in the top ten. So where are these teams like the Tampa Bays of the world, like the New York Jets of the world, the New Orleans Saints? There's a lot of teams out there that have good football teams uh, but don't have the quarterback position resolved. So when you look at uh, the potential trades out there, but Derek Carr is going to have a very strong market. And with that no trade clause, he controlled this whole outcome. 
because there was no team going to pay him that whatever forty million or whatever his contract was guaranteed. Now, if he has multiple suitors, he may end up getting more than that or getting a long-term contract with more guaranteed than what he would just had if he stayed on that contract. Rick Spielman, former executive and GM, joins us of the NFL. When you came into the league as a scout with Detroit and moved up the ranks to Chicago, the Bears, director of pro personnel, then the Dolphins, and your nice run with the Vikings there, how have you evaluated the quarterback market? Because you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers with four MVPs, he might want to stick around and change and move to another conference or another team. Then you got situations of players that we talked about where they weren't the first or second pick overall, from Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes to Jalen Hurts, who we started off with. Everybody thinks in order to get a great quarterback, you got to have the first or second pick. And I'm fascinated. Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round, and he's one of the greatest running quarterbacks of all time. What's changed and evolved since you came into the league as an executive? Uh, I think it's the style of quarterback that's playing right now because I remember back in 1990, everybody was like, well, if the quarterback's a running quarterback, there's no way he's going to be able to play in the NFL because he's not going to be able to take the hits. And everybody wanted the Peyton Mannings of the world, uh, the guys that were kind of pocket-packed passers, strong-arm quarterbacks. Uh, but since then, the offenses in the NFL has have also evolved because, you know, when I first started, we were, when I was with Detroit, though, we were one of the fewer only teams. Miles Davis was our offensive coordinator, and we were running the run and shoot. Um, but most of the teams were still in the, traditional, you know, tight end at the line of scrimmage, fullback, uh, big eye back, tailback, uh, two receivers. When you got in the long situations, you went to the three receiver set. But what you're seeing now is all these coaches evolving to the type of athletes that are coming out of the college game. And the quarterback position has evolved tremendously from now you're almost downgrading a guy as a pocket passer that can't move around. So those guys, the offenses have evolved to the skill set and the athleticism that those guys have. So it's totally different than it was back in 1990 when I first started. Rick Spielman, as we wrap it up. So, Rick, Arizona, the Cardinals make it official. They go with the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. And Sean Payton came in, and unfortunate for Sean Payton, he's got to fix Russell Wilson. And maybe if Russell Wilson was great, Nathaniel Hackett's still there. Well, when you look at a head coach in your tenureship who's got to fix a problem in the building, I think Kyler Murray's becoming a problem. From his body language, they had that work ethic kind of clause in the contract before they took it out. It really looks like that franchise is in a very difficult situation, and they don't hire an offensive mind as a head coach. They go defense. What do you think the Cardinals are looking at going forward with the new head coach? Well, I had an opportunity to work with uh, Jonathan, uh, JG, we refer to him as a quality control assistant DB coach. Uh, back when uh, we hired Mike Zimmer, he brought him in. And you can tell he had something unique and special about him. Very smart, bright-minded, a lot of energy. I think that uh, he can be a disciplinarian, but also knows how to handle today's uh, players that are coming up out of the college ranks. It'll be interesting to see who his offensive coordinator is going to be. I know he did a phenomenal job with Philly, uh, and I remember 
talking to Howie Roseman about Jonathan, and I gave him my highest recommendation when they went out on a limb, and he was a young guy that was a DB coach and hired him as a defensive coordinator, but very smart leader, checks all the boxes you want in a head coach, but the key will be who's going to be his offensive coordinator and how do you handle a Kyle Murray. So, as you Sean Payton kind of set the tone right off the bat with uh, Russell Wilson is that, okay, your quarterback coach or whatever team you have, they're not coming in the building anymore. So Sean drew the line right then and there when he took over as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. It'll be interesting to see who Jonathan hires as he hire a guy with more experience that will be able to maybe, if there are some internal issues with Kyler Murray, Murray, can they handle that? Rick, last one, that holding call that was called in the Super Bowl that really had an effect on the clock and the outcome of that game. We don't know if Philly would have came back and tied it or had a chance to win after Kansas City's field goal there. What do you think the league needs to think about this offseason? Fans are clamoring for better officiating, but then you find out Roger Goodell at the Super Bowl says it's never been better. You've been in those meetings. <laughs> you understand what's going on here. What happens next in your mind? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's always going to be a subjective call. What you know, I thought it was holding because uh, you can't hook a receiver, and he, the uh, receiver actually beat the defense Bradbury on a uh, little out move to go out and up. Um, and that prohibited him from potentially beating him down the field uh, and scoring a touchdown. So, because I thought he beat him out of his turn. Uh, so that call, I think, had an effect on the game, but that's just one play. There were so many things that happened during that game uh, that it's not just one play that affects the outcome of the game. Unfortunately, it happened at the end of the game, and Kansas City was – able to pretty much run out the clock from there. Uh, but when you have a player, and I give Bradbury all the credit in the wor- world for coming out and saying, yeah, I did hold him. It was a correct call. Now, Philly fans are going to still think they got uh, ripped off by the official and that cost them the game. But it, it, it happened, and that's the way it, it happened. But I don't know if it's, you know, do they go to full-time officiating? I know there will be things brought up every time, and I've been on committees. Uh, player safety or any rule changes. So they'll have their uh, bucket list of things that are going to be discussed coming up here at the combine with the competition committee. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it gets placed at, uh, and voted on at the owners meetings at the end of March. Good to talk to you again, Rick. Always appreciate your knowledge and your passion for the sport. Thanks for coming on with me. All right. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Rick Spielman, former GM executive, Vice President of Player Personnel. I uh, thought it was a good day to have him on with Derek Carr. We have these scheduled out ahead of time. Some of these interviews are for here. Some of them I use for SiriusXM, my other shows, five hours a day early in the week. So uh, we that's the one we had planned, and I thought it was a good time today to talk about Derek Carr and the leverage that Derek believes he has going forward, what the Raiders are going to do. We expect an announcement momentarily from the Raiders on the status of Derek Carr Clearly, that should happen here momentarily when we do. We will let you know about it on a day like today. I just went outside and I looked at the snow. It is snowing. There are going to be accidents on the road. Unfortunately, people are going to get injured. You need an award-winning personal injury attorney. How about two the brothers, the Castaverde Law Group, Orlando and Alex, 702-222-9999, proud partners of Raider Nation Radio. If you're in an accident... 
their family. Give them a call. Well, I have a no trade clause, you know, and there's a date that certain money's guaranteed or I'm a free agent. So I'll just be honest about the whole thing. Like, you know, there has been conversations with, you know, uh, you know, Dave and my, my agent and me and we'll figure that out. Uh, but for me, it's I'm just being patient. You know, uh, I'm going to do what's best for myself. I'm going to do what's best for my family and don't care about what the optics are or anything like that. I can pick this or do that. I can do it. It's kind of fun to be able to do whatever you want for once, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, I'm just going to be patient and not trying to hurt anybody, not trying to get by on anything. I'm just going to do the right thing for me and my family at the end of the day. So we're expecting news from the Raiders momentarily moving on from Derek Carr. It will be the post-Derek Carr era. Uh, welcome back, JT, with you right here. Brought by, to you by Tommy White and the 872 laborers who build this great city on time, on budget. All the construction workers, all the people behind the scenes at the 872 laborers, proud partner of our show here on Raider Nation Radio. Snowing. I'm a little under the weather, as you can tell here. A lot of work, a lot of fun, a lot of travel, a lot of driving. But I'm here. I'm always here. I feel like I'm always here. And, you know, we'll take some time off here in the offseason in between some breaking news. But we got a lot to cover here today. This is a busy day today. Real busy day today on car and the Raiders moving on in the future and what's in store next. And your opinion really matters to me at 702 365 9200. Mike Florio at 130. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. You don't want to miss that. That'll be in about 40 minutes. Hardcore Raider, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing well. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, uh, so you said we got two days to talk about the Super Bowl. So something I was wanting to talk about, and I'll try mm-hmm. to set it up here, but, uh, you know, I want to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, with your, especially with your previous background in uh, economics and the stock market, uh, I'm sure you have a lot of wisdom of, like, cycles that we've been through. So mm-hmm. with the Super Bowl in Vegas next year, and there's a lot of, you know, worries that we might hit a recession, I was just curious on your opinion of what two NFL teams would be the best for Las Vegas if, say, not saying it's going to happen, but if we were to go through a recession that would help support and boost, uh, you know, Las Vegas's economy through that and then moving forward. Like, to me, I'm thinking maybe, like, the Cowboys and the Raiders, but – you know, like if it's the Raiders, I think we should go all in, you know, if there's, uh-huh. you know, this looming. And then also I was curious your opinion, uh, not just those two teams, but, you know, how is sports and how do you think the Raiders and things like that would be affected if we went through one of those cycles? Yeah, again, I think the economy appreciate it. You, I'm not a guy who looks forward to recessions and see what's going to happen. Vegas, when it comes to sports, is really almost re- recession-free. Okay, we are booming here in Vegas, booming. We have F1 and the Super Bowl, months apart. Just think of that, plus two NASCAR races. We're going to get a regional for the NCAA tournament. There's so much happening in this town, so I think we are actually insulated from that. Tourism, travel is always going to be up in Vegas, and it's getting more and more expensive. So I don't think, no matter what the matchup is, look, we just had a matchup of Kansas City and Philadelphia, and that was one of the highest-rated Super Bowls of all time, top three most-watched television events of all time. I can tell you this from just getting back from Phoenix and Scottsdale, that Vegas is on the clock and they got to do a better job, and they will. Because people remember the draft, remember when Nashville had the draft 
and he had 600,000 people. I went on the radio and said, the Raiders got to break that number. The Raiders got to break that number. The Raiders shattered that number. The NFL, it was in the Raiders city. Same thing's going to happen in the Super Bowl. The private jets that are going to be here, the hotel rooms, the hotel room rates, the occupancy tax, everything that's going to happen here is going to boom like we've never seen it before. There are not many people in Las Vegas who have the background knowledge in sports at this level to understand how booming this is going to be. And I know that I don't spend a lot of time telling you unless we get a call like that that's interesting is that with Mark Davis bringing the team to Las Vegas, and we always wanted the team to stay in Oakland. The Oakland Raiders wanted them to stay there forever. It didn't work out. Kind of like this car thing. It didn't work out. But by the Raiders coming to Vegas, they have set up the sports economy and the organization to be super successful financially going forward with the revenue of Allegiant Stadium from concerts, private events, all the extra money coming in that's going to help this organization, I believe, flourish long term. So I don't care who the matchup is. Obviously, the Cowboys would be a huge pull. Everybody's going to want to come to Vegas. It will be the most expensive Super Bowl ticket of all time in the aftermarket. I got buddies in that business, and I think this is going to be a glorious year. I tell our partners, our advertising partners all the time, I think this is the most important year in the history of Las Vegas for sports. And I'm sure two years after that, I'll say the same thing. But right now, this is the perfect storm. And I think the economy is doing good enough. I think it won't affect Las Vegas. And I think we're going to have so many great memories in 2023 into the first part of 24. It's going to blow us all away. I have never had this many friends reach out to me for hotel hookups. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? And I just said, book in advance. Even my son. My son's hosting a bachelor party out here. And I got a place at the Palms. He says, Dad, let's get the place. I, I need to book it that weekend. I said, hey, man, you might be out. You might be out. It might be booked. This town is on fire. And it's because of the Golden Knights and the Raiders. And the fact that sports is here on top of all the sphere that's being built. Resorts World that just opened. Fountain Blue coming online. All of these new properties on the Strip Corridor. And then the real estate and all these homes that are being built throughout the valley. This is a great place to live for a lot of reasons. Even when it's snowing in my backyard right now. All right, let's get one more up here before the top of the hour. Again, Mike Florio will join us at the bottom of next hour. Ron's in Montana. Ron, is it a chance that it's not snowing in Montana, but it's snowing in Vegas? No, it's um, right now it's uh, it's not snowing, but it's probably below zero. That's cold. Yeah, that's cold. Yeah. I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. That's cold. Go ahead. Hey, I uh, thank you for taking my call. Um I've always been, I, I've been a Raider fan since uh, 1976. And uh, I've always been a big Derek Carr fan. I got his jersey. And any time that I see him on my television playing with another team, of course, but I'm going to throw his jersey on, even though it's a Raiders jersey. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's loyalty uh, to you. I will not be doing that. But again, I have only good things to say about Derek and his family and going forward in his faith and life. But, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. He, he, was, he was your guy. He's a guy that you really stood behind, put your money behind him, and rooted for him to win. I, I have, you know, I get what you're talking about. It's a very emotional day today. Yeah, it is. And uh, some people would roll their eyes at that, but uh, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, it didn't work out. But uh, so with that, thank mm-hmm. you, JT and Bobby and, you guys have a good day. Yeah, you and thanks for calling from Montana. Again, that's a nice way for me to plug also 
Now we have a national Raiders show. When I worked at the Ticket 1050, when I worked on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, we did not have an app that could take calls from Montana, New Jersey, Detroit. Now we do. How great is that? Again, this radio show would not work for me if it was just on in Vegas. All due respect, I need the vibe of the Raider Nation. Not the Las Vegas Raider Nation, which is growing, but the global Raider Nation. And I always appreciate you listening. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's. It's the best pizza I've ever had.